When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Anthony Broom and Chris Ballas on Thursday, February 22nd. We're going to talk some Michigan football and basketball as always. Before we get into everything, make sure to like this video on YouTube if you want Michigan football to defend their national championship. Win it again back-to-back next season. So hit the thumbs up if you want that to happen. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head to the Wolverine.com as well. Special offer for YouTube viewers and podcast listeners. Promo code UM1, that's UM in the numeral one, gets you two months of premium access at thewolverine.com for just $1. So make sure to take advantage of that exclusive offer. Uh, guys, how's it going today? Doing all right, man. It's uh, We finally feel like a little out of the woods. We've got all the magazines done. National Championship magazine has gone to print. So, um, man. Now we just got to get this basketball program turned around for this, you know, final four run, and then we'll be all good. Yep. Yeah, a little breathing room, uh, vacation for me last week, a chance to to get away for a bit. Uh, nice to have all three of us back here. Uh, always good to, to chat with you guys. And, yeah, it does feel like the dust is starting to settle on not only tying up some loose ends from last football season, but also Sharon Moore's staff is, is in place, just needs to be announced and, uh, it just feels like we have maybe finality is not the word, but some closure and you get to move forward now. So uh, a few a few more hours of sleep each night uh, doesn't hurt. That's for sure. Part of me doesn't want to move forward, guys, after this season. And, you know, it was such a whirlwind with all the NCAA crap and everything else that we didn't really get to appreciate as much as we should have. And now looking back, when I watched the Rose Bowl finally and I watched the national championship game, I thought, holy shit, was that special? And uh, it was it was unbelievable what these guys accomplished without their coach, what these guys did. This, you know, I was talking to Doug Karsh yesterday, the voice of Michigan football. He said, you know, it might be that we look back on this team and people look back on this team as one of the best college football teams of all time. Uh, You look at 18 guys at the NFL combine. They're probably going to have 15 drafted. Maybe you're going to have a ton of guys in the pros. And you know what? Uh, some star power, uh, first round draft picks. It's it's special. So nice to finally be able to appreciate it and enjoy it a little bit. Can't wait to read what you guys wrote for that magazine. Likewise, I'm excited. But no, you can move forward, but you can always know too that 2023 was special. That's kind of like it's what you always have. You can always know that you did that. You know, I mean, if you're a Michigan player, if you're a Michigan fan, yeah, exactly. If you're a Michigan reporter, you know, I mean, Anthony uh, Donovan Edwards asked Anthony, "Are you a champion?" And Anthony said, I'm not. I'm not. He's an unbiased journalist. Yeah. At least he wasn't wasn't crying in the press box like some others. I'm I'm just uh, just concerned, uh, or at least uh, my mind is where Central Michigan is and how they move past their their role in the scandal. So be heading up there this weekend. So see if I can. You going to check it out? You going to do some digging? The crazy part is the NCAA doesn't have crap on anybody. And we'll have some more on this in the ITF tomorrow inside the fort. So come back and check it out. But, uh, you know, for all we know, Connor Stallions wasn't even down there on the sidelines, you know. For all we know, he doesn't even exist. No, who's Connor Stallions? Yeah, exactly. So, (laughs) Does does it shock anyone that the NCAA 
you know, pretended they had more than they did and they don't really know. No, I'll never forget that day when I texted you guys and there were people in those meetings with the NCAA and the NCAA gives this list of things that they thought happened. And Michigan's like, we're screwed. You know, my God, this is crazy. And then they go out for a break, you know, water break. They come back. And so let's see the proof. Well, we don't have any proof. This is just what we think. We're like, oh, well, <laughs> to hell with you then. You know, the, so and the burden of proof is unfortunately the NCAA has kind of made it that the burden of proof is on the accused. Right. Which is ridiculous. Right. And you know what? Uh, I'm just glad that they're moving past that with Jim Harbaugh back. If they try to do anything to this Michigan football program, other than maybe a fine or something like that, you have to fight back. And I would imagine that Michigan would. Yeah. It's an ass backwards system always it has is. been, and it may be extinct, you know, at some point soon. Um, Let's talk about some Michigan football and uh, get into looking into this team heading into spring football. Uh, but let's start with Colston Loveland, who, you know, for everything Michigan loses on offense coming into this year, you still have what PFF is considering the best tight end in the country. Yeah, as long as he stays right. And that goes for everybody. I mean, everyone's on your roster, I guess, until they're not. Um, but to have a, a talent like that at tight end. You know, somebody who is, you know, more of a pass catcher than, you know, a traditional tight end. But that's kind of what you need this year, especially since you're going to have a new starting quarterback. Um, but, yeah, PFF, Max Chadwick, uh, their analyst saying he's nearly unguardable. And we've seen that, you know, on several occasions. And that's, you know, whether it's just a, you know, typical route or a broken play. I mean, the Indiana touchdown that he had where, you know, he J.J. finds him. I mean, this guy and the, the huge catch. Uh, to go up and get it and then run after the catch in the national championship game against Washington. I mean, so many plays stick out, but uh, he's kind of your headliner along with Donovan Edwards on offense this year. Megan, can you go back to the previous picture with him dragging the uh, the Washington players? I want a statue or something of that. They should give the, the Mackey Award winner that one right there. They should give the Mackey Award winner that trophy, right? And how clean are the blues right there? That's insane. Um, it was, it's weird. You know what? I was going back and there were a couple plays, a couple drop balls by him. And I, that I had forgotten the Iowa game. There was one, I think there was one in the Rose bowl of the champ. It was a championship game where he had two hands on the ball. It's just so rare to see him drop a ball that, uh, I'm thinking, man, uh, I didn't remember it, but, uh, they got to get him back. And this is going to be a big spring for several reasons. I wrote this yesterday in the three, two, one column. Everybody thinks, wow, you're out of the woods. If you get through this 30 day period, after the portal of the portal opening after Jim Harbaugh has left for Los Angeles. And that's just not the case. They got the spring to worry about too. So they got to get these guys taken care of, but man, this dude, uh, what a find, uh, how many guys from Idaho can you name that ever played football uh, at such a high level and uh, no disrespect to the state of Iowa, Idaho rather, but he is really uh, the best I know <laughs> and, uh, and pretty special kid too, man. So not a man of many words, it's funny. I remember trying to fill out a Q&A with him in the magazine. It had to be 500 words. I got to about 175, and I said, well, we're going to have to switch gears here. But I kind of like guys like that too, man. He just does his business and doesn't do a whole lot of talking. Humble. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the thing I like about him too is that, you know, obviously NIL is, is you know, I'm not even going to enter. Like, we can do discussions about guys that have decisions to make, you know, if the, if they make a decision that goes the other way. But um, you know, when you just look at his fit at Michigan, especially as it pertains to the roster next year, I mean, he is arguably the focal point of your offense. You know, he can play in line. He can, you know, can flex out and play wide receiver, uh, needs to improve as a blocker. And that's, you know, when you go back and watch that Iowa game, 
not one of his better games in terms of, you know, blocking and, and some of the, you know, just how he performed in general. But Colston Loveland to me, I mean, again, and this is where it goes back to, you know, losing some of the assistant coaches that they've lost, like a Jay Harbaugh. Just think of all the guys that he's found. You know, he went out and pulled Colston Loveland out of Iowa. He went and found Hassan Haskins uh, out of, you know, the Missouri and Ronnie Bell out of Missouri. And, you know, he had a knack for finding those guys in those under-recruited, uh, not historically talent-rich areas and made them foundational players. So when you look at where Michigan, you know, where things line up for them moving forward, they're going to miss those type of evaluations. And and you hope that certainly as a, as an operation, you can find a way to replicate some of that, but you know, Colston Loveland to me, yeah, you do need to find a way to take care of him. I think I'm sure that, you know, Oregon or Texas, or it seems like it's the same four schools, right. That keep adding all these guys and poaching guys from the portal. And quite frankly, calling guys uh, uh, before they even are available. Um, but what, you know, when it comes to Colston Loveland, I mean, he is to me, he is as, as important to that offense next year as, Will Johnson would be to the defense or, or Mason Graham or Kenneth Grant. He's one of those foundational guys. And I'm looking forward to see how he performs because really I don't think we've seen him play his best football yet. Still needs to probably put a little bit weight on, on needs to improve as a blocker, but you know, as a mismatch guy, as someone that can attract extra attention from defenders. I mean, for all the talk about what they, what they lose in the passing game with a Roman Wilson with Cornelius Johnson, I mean, uh, Loveland is going to be that focal point, and uh, you know, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see what they do with him because I think they can do more with him. And he drew the Brock Bowers comparison from Nick Saban ahead of the Rose Bowl as you know, kind of a mismatch type of guy. And look, when you look at this roster, of course, everybody has to stay for this to be potentially true. And we'll talk about Will Johnson here in just one second. But think of you have the top returning tight end in the country. How many other position groups does Michigan have the top player at? Um, well, maybe defensive tackle, right? Uh, maybe corner. Uh, that's the thing. You know, it's funny. Uh, everybody's like, oh, they lose, they lose so much. And, and one of my buddies said, you know what, LSU went five and five the year after they won the Natty, and I get it. And it's really going to come down to quarterback too, right? So um, that's going to be the, the biggest position. But, you know, Donovan Edwards, I, I wouldn't call him number one, but he's, you know what, when he's on, he's on. He's really, really good, and you can use him in different ways. So, um, yeah, there are there are several. And uh, when you've got that many guys and you've got guys like Ernest Hollisman, who's played a lot of football, right? You've got guys like Derek Moore and Josiah Stewart, hopefully. You've got guys like Rod Moore, who I think is going to be one of the top safeties in the country. You've got Makari Page. We went right down the list. Now it's going to be about developing depth, and that's what made this team, Team 144, so special. So, But you're right, Clay. And uh, there's still a lot of talent here. So hopefully they can keep their guys. Hopefully they can add a few from the portal. And then your guys, I'm telling you, you're talking about at least competing in the Big Ten here, with the, even with that tough schedule. You know, uh, I can't wait for that Texas game. I can't believe I'm already counting the months, man. I usually don't wish away my summers. But damn, fellas, if they keep everybody, uh, I can't wait for football season. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Um, all that. Totally agree. A little birdie tells me that, you know, these lists keep coming out from PFF. Michigan is going to have multiple more of the number one player at their position group. And I don't even think Rod Moore is going to be one of them. And I think he right. could be in contention yeah. there. I think you could have two of the top three or four defensive tackles, including the top guy. So, yeah, depth is important. Quarterback's important. You know, like tight ends, not the one position that you would – if you could choose a position on offense to have the top player at in the country, you wouldn't choose tight end. You would choose quarterback. But still, you have a lot of individual elite talent. Still a lot of guys like the Josiah Stewarts, you know, that weren't even starters last year that are going to step up. Ernest Hausman, you know, you bring in some transfers as well. The You know, the two they got, uh, Preeb on offense and then Barham on defense, I think are pretty underrated, especially given the timing of when they committed during Michigan CFP run where kind of got overlooked. You know, I mean, uh, Chris, you and I were in uh, Los Angeles already and Anthony, you were traveling that day and we wake up because the time zones are different. We're like, who is this Josh Preeb guy they got? And then you look more into it. You're like, man, that's a hell of a pickup. But mm -hmm. all right, let's worry about this game that they're about to play. But then you circle back to it, and it was a big pickup. So there's still a lot of talent on the roster. Uh, real quick, Steve Kasula, Michigan's new tight ends coach, uh, speaks on the In the Trenches podcast this week. A uh, couple takeaways, and, and Chris, you wrote about this, is you know Max Bredesen coming back is – a big one for, you know, his senior year, not that he was going to go to the NFL, but, you know, he plays that H-back role. He can play in line a little bit more than uh, we saw last year just because A.J. Barner was taking those snaps. And then I like the Marlon Klein, um, you know, because Kasula was here in 2019. He said that Marlon Klein is similar to what Luke Schoonmacher was or Schoonmaker was in 2019 when he was kind of – he kind of broke out and flashed a couple times, but they had, you know, some different guys there and didn't get to play as much. But – I that season got me excited for what Luke Schoonmaker could be. So Marlon Klein, uh, Anthony and I talked about this on Monday. He looks the part mm. as a tight end, and I'm excited to see what you know more depth they have in that room because they've been kind of stashing guys down there that we just haven't seen yet. Yeah, I remember what Karsh said to me the first time he saw Marlon Klein. He said, this kid's huge. He said, I can't believe how big these guys are out there. And uh, you know what? He's a big target. Now he's got to be better as a blocker. I, you know, Max Bredesen, to me, it was one of the more underrated players of the year. This is a guy who reminded me of the Kevin Dudleys, uh, guys like that. Um, Chris Floyd back in 97, not quite the blocker, but man, such a willing blocker. And when these guys were down on the goal line or when guys were breaking free on touchdowns, it was always Max Bredesen that was in front of them sacrificing yeah. his body. Uh, those guys are underrated. I think he can catch the ball too. And I think you're going to see him used a little bit more. Uh, love the Bredesen family, man. I love the mentality of these guys. So it's been uh, – so there's talent there, fellas. Uh, we haven't even talked about guys like G.O.L. Hottie and uh, guys that have been waiting their turn uh, that I think is going to be – one of the breakout players in the 2024 season, like I wrote yesterday. So, but uh, to me, uh, that tight end room, they're still going to need one more. It wouldn't stun me, frankly, if they looked for somebody again in the portal yeah. um, and, you know, kind of like AJ Barner last year, if, if somebody like that falls into your lap or, or if you can go out there and find somebody like that, then by all means go get them. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how Kasula does with him. And with them, uh, I like that he, Grant Newsom knew him and he trusts him. So we've heard good things about him as a as a play caller and as an, an offensive savant. So he can't have enough of those guys in the room either. 
Yeah, the Schoonmaker comparison is interesting because you just talk about Grant Newsom. When we when I talked to Grant Newsom at the Rose Bowl, that was exactly who he compared Marlon Klein to. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you have that a similar sort of trajectory, a guy who kind of is a bit of a late bloomer, didn't get much of a chance those first few years. I mean, that'd be that'd be great for Michigan. And obviously, uh, Schoonmaker, I think he was more of a receiving tight end when he came in. Obviously, at lead, you know, left Michigan as one of the better blocking tight ends in the country. So um, again, it seems to whether uh, whether Grant Newsom and Steve Kasula, you know, exchanged notes on him and, and came up with that comparison, sure, yeah. I don't know. And both of those guys were here too, so they've seen, you know, they've seen that that development behind the scenes. Um, and I like the point you make on Kasula, you know, having that offensive coordinator background. I think, you know, as you try to backfill the offensive brain trust, you know, with you know Sharon is still going to have a massive, uh, I would assume, impact on game planning and play calling. Kurt Campbell, uh, you know, having something that made them so successful over these last few years was the exchange of ideas, the the checks and balances of we want to do this or we should, you know, try this look here. And you don't want to have too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, you know, we saw at times that didn't work out for them when you had, you know, Josh Gaddis and, and Sharon Moore and Jim Harbaugh all kind of having a, a say in the offensive play calling. But I like that, you know, that with this staff that they've put together, uh, and Kasula being one of those guys, you, you just kind of have you, – you're not replicating what you had before, but you have a lot of guys who have experience at this level calling plays, putting together offensive game plans, and, uh, yeah, again, excited to see what they come up with, especially at that tight end position. Yeah, not that tight end's not important, but I feel like tight ends coach is kind of where you can just stick a guy that you want on the staff that you, you know, you like a Grant Newsom, like you brought in Sharon Moore before that, like you put Jay Harbaugh a couple different times during his tenure. Um, you know, again, not that it's not important, but you kind of have what six guys in your room. And then you're able to also just be collaborative with the offense. And you know, some of Michigan's best offenses were when there was a ton of collaboration. I mean, once they started collaborating more while Josh Gaddis was here, I think the offense went to another level. Uh, let's talk about Will Johnson, but before we do that, I want to plug the Wolverine magazine's commemorative issue. Chris, you mentioned it at the top of the show, but that is right now being shipped out to everybody who pre-ordered the magazine version. The book version will ship in mid-March, but you can still order yours now if you didn't get in on the pre-order. We have the link in the description of the video and the podcast also at the wolverineondemand.com, but 144 pages looking back at Michigan's 15-0 national championship season. Magazine for $19.95, hardbound book for $35.95. Again, 144 pages, every game, uh, analysis, columns, exclusive interviews, features on top players, uh, all of that. Jim Harbaugh's legacy as well uh, in the Wolverines commemorative issue. So make sure to get yours at the WolverineOnDemand.com or in the link in the description to the video and the podcast here. Um, Will Johnson. Michigan's star cornerback may or may not have tweeted on Monday after Keon Sab decided to go to Alabama. The eyeball emojis, which is now this is how we report in college sports, right? If someone follows somebody or unfollows them, if somebody says that Mason Graham was in Austin, Texas, but then an hour later I see him at Chrysler Arena with Sharon Moore at the basketball game. This is how reporting goes, right? It's all rumor these days in college sports. By the way, I don't know if you guys saw Justin Fields unfollowed the Bears, so we should start. Uh, get the NFL guys digging on that. Uh, so, yeah, apparently deleted it, whatever, probably thought, hey, they're going to take this and run with it, Alabama fans. They did anyway. 
Uh, but Deion Johnson, Will's dad, shoots it down yesterday telling our EJ Holland it's all cap. And for those who don't aren't familiar with that term, it just means false, fabricated, you know, not true. And uh, he's going to stay at Michigan, as I think that most people uh, would expect. What's the origin of all cap, young guys? Can you please fill me in on that? I don't know the uh, origin. Maybe, maybe Megan that, can. Maybe our producer That's knows. a generation or two behind. Me. All cap to me would be like, all caps. You know, it means that's true, you know, or something like that. But see, I'm an old guy, so I don't know. I have no clue. We should that's have brought like a flow chart or a diagram. Right, right, exactly. Discussion, like a yeah. whiteboard, maybe right. at a later date. but Maybe. Uh, okay, just say, how about aren't true? Uh, would be great. So for, for old guys like me. So, um, however, uh, Deion Johnson, you know what? There, there are two things going on here, right? Deion Johnson played at Michigan. He's one of the big reasons that Will Johnson ended up here. And it's funny because there were some people who were saying, well, they did Michigan a favor. You know what? He got to play on a generational national championship football team. So not letting him go to Alabama or not letting him go to Georgia or whatever, take a bag or whatever, you know, people would imply, uh, you know what, this kid's going to get paid. He is getting paid. He's probably not getting as much as he would be somewhere else. And then to me, it is important that they don't take advantage of that. And so I think some of these kids go out there, for example, and put it out there, you know, if they say he's getting a couple hundred thousand dollars less than he would be at Michigan, then, or some of these other kids, you know, are putting it out there almost like a marketing tool, right? Hey, uh, you know what, you better pay me a little bit more type of thing. And, and who could blame them? You know, this is kid is one of the best cornerbacks in the country. That pick again, seeing it in the Washington game was fantastic. It was uh, okay. Yeah. The ball control going to the ground. Uh, not very many guys are going to make that play. Uh, he is definitely one of them. So the tackling uh, elite uh, for a cornerback. So I can't remember him missing a tackle this year, maybe one or two. So, and that is so important as we've seen. So, but um, you know what? He's not the one that I'm worried about, but there are others. And we will talk about this in ITF tomorrow too, that, there are rumblings here still that, you know, that it's not really the tier one guys, but the tier two and the tier three guys that are concerned because they aren't hearing enough. But that is why Michigan hired Sean McGee, a general manager who is going to be working with NIL and with fundraisers to make sure that there's communication because there has not been good enough communication right now. And they are not out of the woods. I'm telling you, just like we said about Steve Klingscale, when everybody was reporting, oh, he's back for good. You know, he told the players so on and so forth. This is something we're still going to have to keep an eye on. But he's one of the ones that I don't worry about as much. His dad played here. He's true blue. It would take a lot for him to, to leave. So I don't think Michigan can screw that up, uh, even though they are behind and still behind on NIL. Yeah, and you got to think of it this way, too. And again, I would never uh, – I'm, I'm not casting my opinion as, as law with any guy who has a decision to make for them because I think that they are personal decisions, and it is – you know, potentially life changing money for a lot of these guys. But when you look at Will Johnson, obviously he's a legacy kid. He's from the area. He's going to be a top five, top 10 pick next year. I mean, you talk about prototypical NFL corner. He's got the length. He's got the athleticism. He comes up and tackles. He's a former wide receiver. So he has that ball hawking ability. He's going to get drafted super high. So it really, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for him uh, to go chase a bag for one year because you're going to get paid starting next year assuming everything goes according to plan, but you still got to take care of guys too. And I know that for those star guys, there has been a push to do that. And again, uh, like Chris said, he's never been one of the guys that I've really, uh, really had, had worried about. So for me, um, Will Johnson, having him back, I mean, he is the, you know, probably the linchpin of that defense because 
you know, they're light at cornerback outside of him and not light in terms of, you know, bodies or experience, but they just, there's a big drop off there. So uh, for me, yeah, the focus has got to be on taking care of some of these other guys. And, and if, if guys leave, I'm going to keep saying this. I don't fault them because a lot of them just spent the last season, two seasons, some of them three seasons playing for a national title contender. You've won a national title. I think personally, you could probably afford to be a little bit greedy, uh, especially if you think there might be more out there for you. So, um, but you know, I, I think it is important too to to have your stars kind of setting a tone of, hey, listen, like I'm not running from here. This is still the University of Michigan, you know. And and the thing of it too is, is I wrote about this this morning, is that in this era of college football now, you can either whine about getting poached or you can be the poacher. And you know, again, uh, I sort of. You know, I don't want to stand here and pound the table and advocate for tampering or things like that, but you can either be the school that gets poached or you can be the aggressor. And and you have a platform and a school and a national championship pedigree to be a destination for a lot of these guys. So again, getting NIL figured out, getting everything streamlined and, and everyone on the same page continues to be an emphasis. But uh, you know, having your having one of your stars, at least one of your stars, and probably more than a few of your stars that decide to stick around past spring ball. I think that sets a tone that, Hey, listen, like we, we're not, we're not chasing a bag here. We are, we still have a chance to, this team really does. I mean, they might be a piece or two away in the portal from being right back in the same conversation they have been. So uh, it's incumbent upon Michigan to be the aggressor and to make sure their guys are taken care of and that they also can provide other opportunities for guys outside the program. So our producer effing with me, by the way, with all cap and all caps there. Like, hey, here you go, old guy. You know? That's true. All right. No, I, th I think your age is effing with you. Probably. Yeah, you can just say it's all crap. All right. Those all, rumors crap. Are all crap. It's all crap. Get off my lawn. And then, yeah, maybe that's the maybe that's the origin of it. It's just a typo and then it became lingo. Yeah, maybe. Probably. Yeah. These kids these days, I just don't understand it. So. All right, next topic. Yeah, and, and I think Will Johnson's setting the tone that you're talking about, Anthony, behind the scenes, too. And I did talk to him, going back to what you said, Chris, about, you know, he could have gone to Alabama. He could have gone to Ohio State or whatever. I talked to him about that before the national championship and wrote about it in our feature in our uh, February magazine of Will Johnson. It's like everyone thought when he decided to commit to Michigan after the 2020 season to go two and four, it's like, oh, he's going to stay home, you know. In, instead of go win or, or, you know, chase a bag, right? He could have chased a bag at that point too. Uh, and guess what? He did both. Mich Nobody has won more games than Michigan during Will Johnson's college career. Uh, Georgia and Michigan tied for the same amount of wins during that career. So he's done both. And he's one of the culture guys and the leaders and one of these legacy guys that just continues to build this thing, like at Aiden Hutchinson and the rest of the guys whose dad uh, played here. So, yeah, all cap, all crap, all lies, fake. And it was fan fiction. It was Alabama fans, probably Ohio State fans, wishful thinking, but uh, putting that to bed for sure. And, one, of the, uh, one of the funniest things I did see uh, was a, it was a couple weeks back where Michigan has the coaching change and Ohio, an Ohio State fan posted on a board all of these guys from Michigan that, all right, we could take this guy, we could take this guy, we could take this guy. Uh, probably not Will Johnson, though. Uh, we're pretty set at corner. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. You to just toilet brain people out That's there. delusional. Yeah. So, God, that was a huge win, guys, just to shut everybody up and to change that narrative. And, uh, man, it's a game of inches, too. I was going through all the plays in that game. 
you know, that had to go right. Now there were things that went wrong too uh, for Michigan, but man, uh, you know, the tipped ball that Roman Wilson caught, you know, if it's another quarter inch or if he gets another fingernail on it, that thing's higher and it's picked off, you know, the Jake Thaw fumble, God, I mean, one more yard, uh, you know, one more roll of the ball and you're screwed. So, but it takes that to win a national championship and they held them to what, 303 yards or something like that, a total offense. Uh, you're going to win a lot of football games doing that. So I will never forget it. It was fun to shut them up. It was fun that that was Nick Saban's last game. Uh, it is good for the integrity of the game that he is out of it. I'll yeah, as Johnny, Johnny Manziel said, everyone had a bag, man. LSU, Alabama. It's like, wait, I thought Nick Saban was the guy who was thinking integrity is important. Mr. That integrity, not- the integrity of the game. Yeah, Red Elephant yeah. Club members, shout out to you guys for keeping them in business for so long. Exactly. And I will note, it took a lot of it took bounces of the ball for Alabama to mm-hmm. to hang with Michigan in that game as well and and make it close. Credit to the underdog for sticking around the pesky underdog, but Michigan comes <laughs> out on top. Uh, let's talk O line real quick, and then we will talk about Olivier Kamwa's season ending injury and get out of here. But uh, I don't think we talked about this last week. But Grant Newsom on the In the Trenches podcast last week, go listen to it with John Jansen, does a great job. But um, as you kind of enter spring ball here in a couple of weeks, this is a completely revamped offensive line, including with the position coach. I think a lot of people are comfortable with Grant Newsom stepping into that role. He's kind of Sharon Moore 2.0, right? He was kind of his assistant coach with the tight ends as a grad assistant, uh, helped him with the offensive line as a grad assistant, moves up to tight ends coach where Sharon Moore uh, started at Michigan at, and then moves now to offensive line, just like Sharon Moore did. And as Jim Harbaugh said last year, uh, they'll just keep promoting him until they can't promote him anymore. And it seems like that's probably the trajectory that Grant Newsom's on. But with the personnel that he has to work with, it's it's going to be interesting. And I think the transfer portal is something that they could use here as well to kind of you know, bring in some more competition because it's going to be a lot of guys that don't have starting experience. You have Giovanni Elhadi, I think, started one game right in 2022. Uh, Josh Preeb has started a lot of games at Northwestern. You kind of uh, pencil him in. And those two in as the two guards, I think Greg Crippen probably at center. And then Miles Hinton at one of the tackles. But other than that, you have some spots up for grabs. So it's going to be really interesting to follow the offensive line room this spring and kind of where everybody's at in terms of positions and where they're at on the depth chart and what they need going forward. Yeah, I want Miles Hinton at right tackle. I don't like the thought of him at left tackle with all due respect. So they need to go to the portal and find a, another tackle. And this is a tough one, fellas, right? Uh, but Michigan essentially won a national championship without a true tackle on this team, on, on the starting offensive line, right? Uh, if you tell me that Carson Barnhart is, I will tell you no. Uh, Trente Jones, maybe, although, you know, he's had his issues pass blocking out there on an island. Ladarius Henderson, I think, would be playing inside in the at, at the next level. And we saw him with his pass rushing, uh, you know, his pass blocking issues. So uh, that's pretty remarkable that they did that. And that's great coaching. You need uh, a mobile by- quarterback. Right, exactly. And uh, so, but there's, so there's that. Yeah. And a, and a smart quarterback that knows when to move out of the pocket and who can feel the pressure, which is exactly what JJ McCarthy was. So, um, but to me, that is one of the the issues that they're going to have to address in the spring is they're going to have to go out and find a tackle. You know, number one is keeping their guys here. Number two is going out and finding a tackle. Uh, I, you know, no, again, no disrespect to the guys on the roster, 
But, you know, when you've got a team like this, this is not the year that you want to be breaking in a new one. You want somebody in there with experience. And that's just the reality of the portal is that you can get that done now. So, but I love G.O.L. Howdy. Like I said, I think Greg Crippen's going to be hungry. This is a kid who's played some good football here, fellas. Uh, it was interesting to me how quickly Raheem Anderson just disappeared. You know, maybe he comes back out of nowhere, you know, and competes for that job too. Because, man, when I saw him in that Rutgers game, I thought this guy's moving people and doing some really good things. And we heard all about him last year, and then all of a sudden he disappeared. So hopefully he gets it back. But um, the depth obviously isn't going to be there like it was this year, but there are going to be some young, hungry guys out there. This is not going to be some crappy line that you're throwing out there like a Michigan State line last year or something like that. This is going to be a good offensive line. So, uh, again, a one that I think is going to be able to compete if they keep all their pieces together and with a couple of additions. They're going to be in the Big Ten race for a while. Yeah, a guy that we don't talk about a lot that I wonder, uh, and I know they've, they've messed around with him at guard a little bit, maybe just to get him playing time is Jeff Percy. I mean, I think he's 6'8", 320. I think he's got the body type uh, and the length uh, to play left tackle, so I wonder if that'll be an opportunity uh, that's made available to him. It's it's going to be good competition. I mean, the spring, uh, spring for all these guys, especially at quarterback, is going to be super intense. You're going to start getting that uh, that pecking order sorted out. Um, yeah, if I, had to, if I had to go left to right today, though, I'd still probably have Miles Hinton on the left side. Um, from left to right, go uh, Hinton, El Hadi, uh, Crippen, Preeb, and Andrew Gentry, who I think is a guy that right. uh, has a chance to be like an, an Andrew Stuber type. Could also maybe kick inside as well. That's the thing, too, is like they do, they don't really have a true solution at left tackle, but they do have a lot of guys that are versatile and can move around, kick inside, kick outside, and, you know, Sometimes it's not always about your most talented five. It's about your best five. And again, don't get me wrong. They would have loved to have Zach Sinter down the stretch this year, but things got better for them when they kicked Carson Barnhart inside. And that was a winning combination for them. Not necessarily a better one, but the right one uh, down the stretch. So sometimes it's just about that, you know, finding the right five that work as opposed to, Oh, we need this body type here. We need this guy here, et cetera. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I think they're going to have a quality line still. Having four weeks in between games for offensive linemen, I think also helps. Yeah, but they were they were huge down the stretch, moving the guys from Alabama, what they did to Washington, and then couple that with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum's speed. Uh, that was that was a winning combination. A couple other things Grant Newsom said. Yeah, he he talked about Greg Kirk, and He said they felt like there would have been no drop off at center last year if he had to come in. We did see him for like a series, I think, against Iowa come in. I didn't notice any drop off. I wasn't watching solely center though, as we're sitting up there from, you know, however many feet up. Uh, but yeah, he mentioned Percy and Gentry as guys who could also play guard, uh, but are going to compete at tackle. And then depth guys on the inside that he mentioned were Amir Herring, who's going to be a sophomore, Raheem Anderson, and then Nate Afobi as well, kind of a forgotten guy entering his sophomore year because he came in in the summer. So, and Miles Hinton mentioned Nate Afobi as a guy who was coming on towards the end of the year when I talked to him at the Rose Bowl. So, there are some names, uh, you know, down the list there that we just haven't seen. And that's what happens when you lose your top six offensive linemen who are all headed to the NFL combine, assuming they accept their invites, yeah. which is pretty unheard of to have six guys there. And they all started big games for Michigan. Are um, we going to have two guys there? We are going to, yeah, the Wolverines sending a record two uh, guys to the combine. We got accepted yesterday, right, AB? Fantastic. Yeah, we're all set. We will be there. So back to Indianapolis again. Going to have to check into our uh, our private penthouse down there that we rent out. I love it. Exactly. I love that town. I love that city. I can't wait to go back in December, fellas. That's right. 
and actually Big Back Ten Media July Day first. Then. Yeah, but Big Ten Media Day before then. So That's fantastic. Right. Yep. St. Elmo's is calling us. No doubt. No doubt. Need another stake in uh, early yeah. December. Let's talk basketball real quick. Olivier Kamwa, season season ending injury. Michigan plays tonight against Northwestern. Terrence Williams was sick for the last game. If he's still sick tonight, I don't know what that lineup looks like. But more more than anything, because this doesn't impact really what what was going to happen on the stretch. Maybe other than winning a game or two, including potentially in the Big Ten tournament. But you feel bad for Olivier Kamwa. It sounds like this was kind of lingering for a while for him. Probably explains some of his struggles as well. Uh, including against Michigan State with the eight turnovers. But it's time for Will Cheddar, other guys to step up. And, uh, again, it's not going to make a difference on what this season is, but he shuts it down with uh, having wrist surgery the other day. Yeah, it sucks. I feel bad for the kid number one for coming here and winning eight games. They'll be lucky to win one more, guys. Um, let's be honest here. You know, maybe Nebraska at home, you know, without Kamwa in there. You know, I you know, I think they'll play hard, uh, you know, and I – but. Man, they just don't have the horses, and uh, it's just been a, a mess of a year. They've got too many holes in the roster. So, but I hope this kid. I think he'll be having a nice long career overseas. I do, and uh, I think that'll be where he. Well, we see him next, and I wish him all the best. And I wish it would have worked out better for him here, though. So that basketball program has a lot of issues. Um, you know, the, the problem, fellas, is you know he wasn't coming back next year anyway. So you're you're not seeing. Who, his replacement on the roster right now. I mean, you if and if you are, then you're in trouble. So, um, but go kill it, kid, and and uh, best of luck to you. Uh, great representative of the program. Yeah, for him, I mean, it, it sounds like it's going to be a couple months. At this point, it's not even a Michigan basketball thing. It's I hope that he's back and good so he can maybe be on Finland's team for the Olympics, at least have a chance to do that. Other than that. <laughs> To this entire season because what is there to what is there to what is there they have nothing to hang their hats on no. it's been awful they beat Ohio um, State at home yeah well you know, <laughs> they had they they made a, a leadership change because of that and I don't know if that's going to happen with Michigan so not to be disrespectful at all uh it sucks for him it's another bad break uh, I think it would be foolish if that this was used as an excuse or a justification for what we've seen this year. But uh, yeah, it's just another, it's just another blow. Um, and that's tough. Cause he's, a, I, I, when push has come to shove, they've sent him out there on a lot of rough nights to talk to the media. And uh, I like the way he handles his business. It's just the team around him hasn't been very good and the product hasn't been good, but uh, you know, salute to him for what he brought to the team and uh, we wish him well from there. Yeah, just a guy that has a great appreciation for where he's at, the game, you know, talking to him at, at media day before the season. I mean, the kid from Finland who who didn't know, you know, what his path in basketball was going to be. Like you said, now he's playing on their national team and has, you know, was over there and you know, playing in Japan before the season, uh, you know, trying to in, in some of the qualifiers. Comes to Michigan. I mean, he's their second leading scorer. Obviously, it's a blow for what Michigan does on the floor, but you know, also just a really good college basketball player who, you know, it's tough. And Phil Martelli said on the radio yesterday that he knew coming in too, based on um, the scheduling of the surgery, he knew coming into the Michigan State game that was going to be his last college basketball game. And probably, I mean, in all honesty, explained some of the the issues that he had on Saturday night. But, you know, didn't, you know, didn't matter either way, um, you know, but wish the best of luck to him. So Michigan Northwestern and then Michigan on uh, Sunday against Purdue. Good. <laughs> Could be pretty, 
pretty darn ugly as it was in West Lafayette. But stay tuned at the Wolverine.com. We got spring football coming up. That is going to be fun as always. We have a starting date for that. I don't know. I'm going to text him right now. I'm going to find out. Maybe second week of March or something like that. Or yep. third. But yeah, it's going to be exciting. Uh, head to the Wolverine.com. Use the promo code UM1. That's a UM numeral one for two months of premium access for just $1. Also like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and we will see everyone next time. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.